Good morning. It is the 11th of March 2021. Welcome to the news around Uganda. I am Lydia Lakonyero. Let's start with our first story. Members of the East African Legislative Assembly have called for dialogue among member states to find a lasting solution to the trade barriers. This comes after Kenya banned the importation of maize from Uganda into their market, citing the increase in aflatoxins. The legislators who included Paul Musamali, Dennis Namara, and Mary Mujenyi say they had noted that Kenya frequently bans Ugandan products, starting with diary and then poultry products in the past. Mary Mujenyi say that while she understands that some of the maize might have aflatoxins, it is unfair to ban all the maize from the country and has asked the government to investigate these claims and equip farmers with skills of dealing with them. Is there any maize in Uganda that is being exported that is not good? And I think the answer is yes. There is some bad maize. So for that reason, I want to call on our government to equip the farmers and traders with tools and means of post-harvesting handling, proper drying and storage of maize, so that it can meet the standards not only of Kenya or East Africa, but can actually meet international standards. Dennis Namara and Paul Musamali say the ban is not about aflatoxins as alleged by the Kenyan government, but it looks like a trade war because they never warned the Ugandan government about it. They pledged to take the matter to the East African parliament. For me, I look at it as just the economic war. And as the members of the parliament of the East Africa whom you sent, we are extremely very disappointed in the actions of the Kenyan government to ban the importation of maize. It is not about aflatoxins. They are hiding in aflatoxins to ban Uganda's exports to Kenya. Because if you are saying that it's about aflatoxins, when did they warn Uganda, uh, Ugandan uh, producers or, or sellers or traders of maize? Moving on, the chairperson of the Electoral Commission, Simon Biabakama, has said he is thrilled by the decision of the National Unity Platform to withdraw their presidential election petition from the Supreme Court. Biabakama made the remarks while appearing before the Legal and Parliamentary Affairs Committee of Parliament to give the Commission's view on the Constitutional Amendment Bill. The bill, sponsored by Ginger Municipality East Member of Parliament Paul Muiru, seeks, among other things, to create an election tribunal to handle parliamentary petitions. Biawakama says the withdrawal of the election petition shows that the commission did a fantastic job in the just-concluded elections and the outcome is incredible. So for us, we are, of course, elated. We are happy that the petition has been withdrawn and therefore there is no challenge to the work we did and therefore the outcome is credible for that matter. Biabakama said he cannot comment on the declaration of result forms that were released by the party, saying they do not have a copy of these declaration result forms and they do not know if they are genuine. The National Unity Platform Party on Tuesday circulated what they said were 25,000 declaration of result forms showing that Robert Chagulani Sentamo had won the general election. What is the basis of his claim that he won the elections on account of what is contained the DR forms which he has. Whereas the DR forms in our possession, in our custody, show a different picture. And secondly, if he felt strongly, if he felt strongly that indeed he won the election, 
and that claim is premised or that conviction is premised on the DR forms he has. Why didn't he utilize the opportunity of having filed a petition in the Supreme Court to present these forms? Still on politics. The Democratic Party has advised the National Unity Platform President Robert Chagulanyi Sentamu to learn to work with other political players or else nothing will be achieved. According to the DP spokesperson Okole Opiolo Amanu, Bobby Wine will not achieve the desired targets unless they work as a unit. We do wish to invite the Honorable Chagulanyi Robert Sentamu and the National Unity Platform to reach out to other players. Otherwise, an individual attempt to rally Ugandans, just like it has happened before, will be tantamount to an act in futility. Important to note is that we should learn from our own experience and the experiences of others that nobody or group of persons can do it alone. United we triumph, divided we shall perish. Moving on. The Uganda Revenue Authority is to introduce a mobile app which can be used by an individual to identify counterfeit products. The spokesperson of URA, Ian Rumanyika, said some unscrupulous traders are fond of selling fake products at the disadvantage of the certified manufacturers and the customers who must be protected from the harmful products. Rumanyika says after the introduction of the app, it will slowly eliminate fake products on the market since they will be easily identified by the customers. A few months from now, we shall be introducing a mobile app that will enable you to tell if the product is authentic or not on the side of the consumer. So it's a win-win situation. We have had manufacturers who have testified that they have increased production, but also they have increased sales because we have reduced illicit trading on the market. It's completely unfair for a person who is compliant to be paying tax, yet this person who is manufacturing a a fake gene is on the market and is selling it cheaply and of course outcompeting the other one because the other one probably it is a bit high because he's paying tax and this one is not paying tax and also it is fake and it is uh, very dangerous to our health in court a state house employee has been charged with illegal possession of a firearm Caleb Kashunjera, a 52-year-old civil servant working as a procurement officer at State House, was charged before the General Court Marshal in Machindye and remanded. He was charged alongside Modest Rutengegwa, a 37-year-old accountant and resident of Luengo. Prosecution stated that the duo between March and December 2019 in Kampala were found in possession of a pistol said to be a monopoly of the defense forces. The charges were read to them by the court chairperson, Lieutenant General Andrew Guti. They denied having knowledge of the allegations. Major Emi Charuhanga told court that investigations into the matter are still ongoing, praying for an adjournment to March 30th, which the defense didn't object to. Court remanded them to Kitalia prison up to March 30th for mention of the case. Let's see what's happening in northern Uganda. The Lao Parliamentary Group has endorsed Jacob Ulanya for Speakership of Parliament and requested the President to appoint the current Speaker Rebecca Kadaga as Vice President. Led by their caucus chairperson and Minister of Kampala, Betty Amongi, the legislators say they are doing so following the unwritten rule and precedent set by the former Speaker Edward Sekandi and Rebecca Kadaga herself, who was his deputy. He stressed that they are not supporting Ulanya because of where he comes from or his tribe, but because of his competence and the pledge they made to him in 2016 when they asked him to step down for Kataga.
I was a campaign manager for Right Honorable Rebecca Kadaga. Not because I come from Busoga, but because I believed in our capabilities. And this time we have said every member here has attributed capabilities that Honorable Jacob has. We are not supporting Jacob Olanya because he comes from the north. No. We are supporting Jacob Olanya, one, because we made a commitment in the last parliament. Number two, because we are looking at precedents set in parliament for the last years. In Eastern Uganda, Justice Wilson Musene Musalo on Wednesday reversed his own November 2020 ruling that placed Aloet and OPI wards in Soroti City West instead of Soroti City East. The reversal follows an application filed by Soroti Member of Parliament Habat Ariko, who was a candidate in Soroti East but lost to Moses Okia Atan of the Forum for Democratic Change. He argued that the transfer of OPI and Aloet from Soroti City East cost him the election. The judge arrived at the decision after going through an affidavit filed by the Minister for Local Government, Rafael Majezi, in defense of Ariko, that clearly stipulated that Aloet and OPI were in the East as per the instrument that created Soroti City. He noted that the District Council, Cabinet and Parliament approved those areas as part of Soroti City East, not West, as it was stated by the five city residents who petitioned the same court. The five city residents included Michael Enyago, Robert Onanyang, Stephen Erienyu, Patrick Ejelu and Brian Omoding. The ruling now gives MP Ariko an option of filing an election petition that in turn will lead to the nullification of city elections in both constituencies. The judge, however, did not make his pronouncement on the general elections but directed the Electoral Commission to comply with the court judgment by ensuring that Aloet and OPI are part of Soroti City East. Ariko's lawyer Yusuf Mutebule said the court ruling paves way for another election. I don't expect another round. This has been a final round. Uh, like he has rightly put it, Yusuf Mutebule is my name, one of the lawyers uh, representing Honorable Ariko. Honorable Ariko came to court because he felt there was an injustice that was occasioned by the very court. Because in that civil suit that has been reviewed, you realize that uh, the court had uh, said that uh, the demarcations are the boundaries were as per the instrument. Unfortunately, at that stage, those who came to court misled the court and did not give court the proper instrument. So court basing on the, the purported instrument, order that Aloy and OPI were in uh, Sorot East, I mean Sorot West. Today, court after reviewing and going through all the evidence on record as presented by Honorable uh, Ariko and the Minister of Local Government, Rafael Magezi, court has given a proper position of what Sorot East is and what Sorot West is. And therefore, we can now confidently tell the public that Aloita and the OPI wards are in Sorot East Division. So, whoever was elected from Soroti West, on the basis of uh, Aloita and OPI, it goes without saying that there was no such a constituency. And therefore, Electoral Commission has been ordered by this honorable court to comply with the orders as per the instrument that created Soroti City. Meaning that Soroti East is now going to consist of, uh, among others, Aloita and OPI. So whoever is interested in running as a member of parliament should be mindful that Soroti East now has Aloita and OPI. And if you are in the West, please, just so that whoever voted you from Aloita and OPI was not a right person to vote you. So, in summary, we have to go through another election. In Western Uganda, 
The Bishop of Ankole Diocese, the Right Reverend Dr. Sheldon Mwesigwa, has launched a multi-million coffee planting drive in all the 17 archdeaconaries. The ceremony kicked off with a coffee planting exercise at Kinoni Archdeaconary in Rampara yesterday. Molly Asimwe, the Rampara District Woman MP-elect, called upon all Christians in the diocese to embrace the project if they want to prosper and kick poverty out of their homes. We are excited to do this because the church is very very well organized, it has branches in every part of the district, it has members, it has uh, the majority of members and so if it takes on this this uh, coffee growing which has been the historical uh, number one income generating activity in Rampara, it will boost that, that, uh, that uh, product. Emi Katera Turiabajeni, the RDC of Rampara, hailed Bishop Sheldon for supplementing government efforts towards eradicating poverty among the followers. This is a very important occasion. This is a turning point in the history of the church because the church has been presiding over the poor community. Now that the church has also supplemented on the government program of eradicating poverty from the followers, from the Christians, it is a very, very, very welcome move. And uh, this one is actually overdue because when you look at our churches in the country, most of the people have actually been shunning the church because a church had become a burden. Whenever they go to church, they are asked to give offerings and at times they, there is or, or endless auctions of items donated to the church. And yet these Christians are poor. And the church has never bothered to look at the economic income of the, its followers. So it is at this moment that the bishop of Ankole Diocese has woken up from the slumber and said that there should be a beginning now to address the economic challenges of the followers of the church. This also brings us to the end of the news around Uganda. I am Lydia Lakonyer. Good morning.